Hello, and thanks for joining us today on the Imitating Jesus podcast hosted by Icon Ministries. I have with me today the indomitable Lewis Fitch Clark. This is where you say hi. Oh, hello, everyone. Sorry. <laughs> and the uh, ingratiating Doug Hunt. I get, I, I'm on an, on an in. I, what, are, what are other good I N words, adjectives to describe? Uh, Doug, and this is your in, thing, man. In, in, <laughs> you, incorrigible, so you. innocuous, uh, uh, in, 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 in my den, in my house, interdepartmental. Doug Hunt, right. um, hello, Doug, coming live from Georgia. That's right. Uh, we're happy to be with you. I'm Ryan Seibert. Um, we were talking earlier. I'm, I'm, what am I? Am I the play by play guy? Louis, the color commentary. Doug, are you the sideline reporter? You're the ear candy and the eye candy. Is that is that who you are? I, I'm whatever you need me to be. Okay, fantastic. That's all. Well, um, what I need you to be is a part of Icon Ministries and this podcast, hoping to see disciples everywhere, loving like Jesus. And we, we seek to accomplish this um, by God's grace, by initiating love, self-sacrifice, friendship belonging, hospitality, and empowerment that leads to multiplication of disciples of Jesus throughout the world. Now, on this podcast for the last couple of months, we've been doing a book club of sorts, kind of going on a slow stroll through Louis's um, book, Imitating Jesus, um, exploring some of the principles and practices there of, of making disciples. Um, Louis, why, why did you first write this book 10 years ago? Why, why did you write well, this book? Because my own suffering. I was diagnosed with cancer and some of my friends put a gun to my head and said, okay, we want you to write this stuff down that you do. And so that's a metaphorical gun. I presume. Yeah, metaphorical gun. Okay. Yes. Okay. So. Okay. I said, get this down, write this down, um, please. So, and I remember, you know, in that process wondering like, you know, is anybody going to read, like you weren't interested in doing the marketing and like traveling uh, and talking yeah. about it and doing that stuff. And so yeah. like, what's going to become of this? Is this going to be a box of books that sits in that we uh, clean out for your funeral or, uh, but I, I remember, you know, the first time, I don't know, this was several years ago when I realized, well, this is out there, Louis, and this is helping people. This is encouraging, inspiring people. We had, uh, a young woman who was planning on moving to Chicago um, from the West Coast because she was hoping to, to eventually move overseas and um, serve and work among a group of people, uh, which here in our neighborhood we have a large collection of. And so she wanted to move to our neighborhood. <clears throat> and I don't know how somehow we got connected to her. But anyway, she came and was sitting in me and my wife's living room. We were talking about ministry, um, cross-cultural ministry, and then just making disciples. And she referenced her favorite book on disciple making, and it was Imitating Jesus by Louis Clark. And me and Josie, my wife, kind of looked at each other. It's like, does she know that like we are with like, and they're like, she's literally sitting in the apartment that is beneath uh, Louis Clark. So we ran upstairs and pulled you down. And there she got to, to meet the author that day, but she had no idea. But um, it's just cool that I think yeah, people are being encouraged by the resource and and it's getting out there. So thank you, Louis, for all the time and effort that it took to capture these thoughts and ideas. I know it's not what you want to do. You'd rather just do it than write about it or talk about it. But um, I think it's been helpful to people. So um, 
this is our final segment on the Imitating Jesus Book Club here. We're going to be jumping into chapter eight, um, which is entitled Defining Moments um, and, and the importance of recognizing and capitalizing and engaging with defining moments in, in the life of, of the person we are discipling. Um, I want to start with a quote, Louis, that, you, that you're talking, the, the, the subtitle of this chapter is Worth the Pain. And you say this, though we resist it, suffering is both the means of discipleship and the qualifier of disciples. I'm going to say that one more time. Though we resist it, suffering is both the means of discipleship and the qualifier of disciplers. And I know, Louis, I remember a few years ago, and you write about this in the book, there, there was a story um, right after you've been diagnosed with cancer with the, with the young man, Lloyd, how this kind of came to a front to you. Will you tell us a little, a little bit more about that? Yeah. <clears throat> it, it's at the cross of Jesus is where suffering and love intersect. Okay. And <clears throat> we define love um, as this is, we don't, but around here we use this definition. It's Thomas Aquinas. Love desires for the good of the beloved and desires for union with the beloved. Okay. And how God brought union with man is through the cross, and God demonstrated his love for us, and that we'll write sinners, we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, how my life as a discipler um, comes in union with my disciple is through suffering. Okay, both his or her suffering, but then also my suffering. And an example of that from my own life was the, the like, the, whatever, how many years ago it was, I was diagnosed with cancer and Ryan graciously went with me to the doctor and that day. And, you know, as prepared as I thought I was, you know, as soon as he said the word, unfortunately, the doctor, you know, all the oxygen gets sucked out of the room, you know, and you're just faced with your, your mortality for the first time. And, um, you know, and it was just, you know, it's a gut check moment. You know, it's got a, uh, check your heart and what's going on in your life and what you think about the future and what you really believe. And so after, well, I told the guy that evening, I said, Hey, just, I want to spend the evening with the Lord, just be alone and pray and think and read. And uh, so I was here in my apartment alone and I get a call from a guy discipling and, and uh, Lloyd, and he uh, worked on Lake Michigan uh, on the marina, and he didn't have a car. And he called me, and he was devastated. He says, my parents have just separated. Is there any way you can come get me, pick me up and talk? Well, the last thing I want to do is get in my car, drive across the city, you know, uh, pick him up. I mean, I was, I was struggling on my own. And I don't know to this day if he knows uh, about that story, about what I had gone through that day. I mean, he knew I had had cancer, but... But, you know, I would say as I listened to him and his heartbreak, again, his heart and my heart were meshed together out of, you know, out of my suffering, you know, I, um, I was able to um, minister to him. And, you know, that's what Paul writes about, uh, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. 
So I had received comfort from God, and I could pass that on to Lloyd, and you know, and just in his own life, um, for this for the uh, distress, the suffering that he was going through, and so part of the discipling process is, um, and that's why listening is so important and understanding. But your suffering, their suffering coming together, and that's what brings you together in unity, together in your love for one another, is suffering. Mm-hmm. Doug, any thoughts there? It's a very open-ended question, Ryan. Any thoughts there? <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Thank, my you. Best. Thank you for steering me so with such sharpness. Um, <laughs> So yes, there are a lot of thoughts there, and 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 I think the uh, we've talked about you know in other in other times we've talked about the servant heart. We have talked about listening and how all of this is connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just okay. I'm going to do the listening part. I'm going to do the servant heart part. All of it is part of the entire relationship, and and I think part of the humble heart servant heart it you know it is the it is the invitation in our own suffering um to to invite those that we are discipling into that part of our life because that the way that we walk through suffering hard things with god it teaches them how so they may it may it they may not be going through a significant suffering type moment um but they need to see us go through those kind of things so that they have a picture of yeah this is what it looks like to love god and to wrestle with god in the middle of something really really hard and i mean you see that with jesus in the garden when he says my my soul is weary to the point of death. Will you just sit here with me? He says to the disciples. Um, so Jesus going before the cross, he's inviting his disciples into that moment. He didn't ask them to do anything. He, well, he asked them to pray and they fell asleep, but he didn't ask them to fix the situation. He said, be with me in the middle of this, this um, giant hard moment of my life. And I think that that's, that's huge because we, you know, there's such an image in, a, in this bad theology out there that um, everything is good with God when everything is good with you. Well, sometimes life is really, really hard and you get a diagnosis or you go through something really hard, or whatever. And people need to see, man, that God is still in the in the deepest part of the prison with Paul, you know, and that God is still there in the deepest part of the prison and, and the disciples in our lives need to see us seek God in the darkest part of the prison. Yeah, that that's, uh, that's a good thought. Doug. I, I wasn't thinking about the, like how our sufferings um, affect the disciple making process, but I, I, you know, I have seen when, when I open myself up to those I'm discipling. I mean, I remember one time meeting with a guy for like over a year and like, I kind of liked it because we got together every year. I'd ask an open-ended question and he would just like talk for an hour and a half about all these things going on in his life. And then I could like dispense a little bit of wisdom and he thought it was awesome. And we'd just keep doing that every week for like a year. And I got, and I realized he has no idea who I am. 
and he thinks that I am just a, a robotic, obedient disciple of Christ. And so I took the next time we got together and I said, listen, I just want to share some things with you. And I just unpacked a lot of my junk and a lot of my hard things, a lot of things I was wrestling with. And just like, just watching almost like the scales fall off his eyes as he saw me as like real person, as like real man and real brother. And I would identify that moment as the time where I really should have just went to the next level because I started pulling down bricks from my wall that I built up in between us or that I had allowed to be there. And when I moved, removed those bricks and just, and, and fostered this um, sense of, yeah, we can share freely. And that vulnerability just begets a vulnerability. Like it just took our relationships to a whole nother level, but I had to be willing to put some of my stuff and my hard things right there on the table. Well, and, and, and that opens up, you know, that that's a part of that trust process because yeah. as, as we are open about those, you know, the things of our life, it creates an environment uh, that hopefully makes them realize, Oh, I can be open about who I am too. Um, yeah. Because again, like, like, you know, with listening, like being, being invited into someone else's, um, pain is a huge trust that, that we don't need to take lightly and, mm-hmm. um, that we need to, you know, we need to handle that with so much care and not assume that someone wants to bring us in there or that we deserve to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we, uh, our own suffering and our own openness about those things that it, it helps create that possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me define suffering a moment um, as we're talking about it. I, suffering, there's two forms generally, circumstances or people, okay? Some things like getting cancer wasn't anybody's fault. Um, people, you can, maybe you had, grew up with an alcoholic dad or you, um, you know, there's some person in your life who just brings grief to you. Okay. With these circumstances, people bring distress uh, on a life, either my disciples or my own life. Okay. And it, and it strains the power of endurance. Like, you know, it's going to make, it makes it difficult to go on. And, um, and to me is how I know it's suffering is when it threatens my faith in the goodness of God, does God love me or not? Um, again, we were talking about C.S. Lewis's mother dying of cancer. Well, God is not good because he didn't answer my prayer to save my mother. Um, suffering tempts me to leave the path of obedience where it's just like it, it's not worth it to continue to, a life of obedience, you know. And so that's what I'm looking for those stressors, you know, in the life of my disciple and and I and I think I, I agree with both of you. I think it's very important for them to see how my suffering and then how I endure my suffering or how I navigate my suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, the distressors that you know. One of the words is it's like it's like um, an elephant sitting on your chest. You know, the pressure you're under is just hard to breathe, and that's what suffering you know does to us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Louis, I have seen you utilize countless napkins in restaurants or, or coffee shops to to draw out what we would now call the suffering chart. So a, a chart in which you are illustrating 
um, yeah, the suffering in a person's life and how we as disciples rise up and, and meet um, the needs of our disciple in those defining moments, in those moments of transition or hardship. Um, can you tell us more about the the suffering chart? And right, how it's 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 imagine imagine two parallel lines, your disciples' life and your life. Okay, and we're you know and we're doing life together. This is important. You know the close proximity, um, you know just availability, and what happens is the Spirit of God orchestrates circumstances in the life of the disciple or in my life that brings this to a middle where where our lives are unified once again where his suffering and my suffering come together and when it's like it's like when it's the story of lloyd at the marina okay it's like god orchestrates circumstances his life one of the most difficult day his most difficult day of his life his parents separated the most difficult day of my life being diagnosed with cancer and God happens to bring them on the same day, you know, that's not an accident. Mm. And that, 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 that was bringing us together to be in a unified moment and me being available to be with Lloyd at that moment, mm-hmm. rather than say I'm too busy, you know, cause those moments are far and few between, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and so, and it's, and, and you're bringing God into their suffering. Now, when I'm listening to their story of their childhood and all, I'm also doing the same. I am, you know, God is through the suffering of in their childhood, God bringing them to a, a point of connection with me, with God and with me as his disciple. And who I'm bringing, I'm bringing God to the table there. It's not about really, you know, the disciple, discipler. It's about God and this, this person um, unifying with God because what is suffering done? I'm going to avoid God. God hates me. God doesn't like me. And so I go the opposite direction when in reality is where intimacy with God is going to be formed is in the point of our greatest suffering, whether we're eight years old, 14 years old, 28 years old, or 58 years old. It doesn't matter. And so so, so in that, quote, suffering chart, what I'm doing is I'm tracing the movement of the Spirit of God of suffering. Because here's the thing, how I know where God is at work in my disciples' life is where he or she are suffering. That's where God's working in them. So I got to be tuned to that and listen to that, look for that um, to understand what God is about in my disciples' life. Doug, any thoughts? (laughs) Are you sure? Thank you for refining the question this time. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I don't know that I have anything radically different than what Lydia is saying, but I, I do think that um, we can't, um, we can't hurry people through those moments. You know, we can't um, try to even. To, to me, a suffering moment is a presence moment with people. It's not a let me fix it moment yeah, with people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I don't know what the conversation Louie had with, 
with Lloyd that day, but but I would imagine is well, let me give you here's three theological statements that are truth that you just need to hang on to. You know, I mean those whether they're there, it, it may be true, but that may not be the right moment to say that. Mm-hmm. I think so much times that the way that we love well in suffering is just our presence with mm-hmm. them in the midst of mm-hmm. suffering and mm-hmm. um, with our empathy and um, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, Jesus be with me, not, Hey, say some things to me to make this not so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about yeah. being with, we, we have a, friend who's a missionary in the Middle East. And when he talks about making disciples, um, you know, his framework is, okay, so the commission is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, um, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. So my job as a disciple is to obey all that Christ has commanded. And so I'm walking on that path. I'm walking towards obedience towards all that God has commanded, Christ has commanded. And as I'm walking along the road, then I'm, I'm throwing, and as I see other people on the road, I'm throwing my arms out around them and saying, hey, let's walk together. Let's walk this road of obedience to Christ together. Now, on this road, there's a lot of times people fall into the ditch, right? Through suffering, through hardship, through disappointment. Um, and the, what the disciple-making process does, it, we don't stand up on the road and call down to people and say, hey, come back up here. Come on, get come up on the road with us. Let's keep marching. What it uh, what we do as disciple makers in the way of Jesus is we get into the ditch. We go down and just sit in the ditch. And when we need to cry, we cry. And when we need a word of encouragement, we give a word of encouragement. When we need to just sit and be silent, we're just silent. But it's that presence. It's not. It's not the expectation that there's anything profound to say but just being present with them in that, in that moment. And I think, you know, Louis, when you draw out that chart, those two parallel lines indicate like, this is a journey. This is year one, year two, year three. And I think that that's why we spend these years walking because in those moments is when life transformation happens, like more good and godly character can be developed in one week of, tr- of, of transition or suffering than in a whole year of just kind of going through a regular year of life. That's why these moments are so key. That's why we have to be walking with them, aware of what's going on in their lives. So that in those moments, we can rise up and meet them there and join God in what he's doing in their hearts and lives. Yeah. And, and I, I would, I would say that's where, again, it's where belief in people comes back into play. It's where listening comes back into play. It's where humility comes back into play because, you know, like in those moments where of suffering, where that person may lose hope that as a disciple or part of our role in that is holding on to hope mm-hmm. with them and for them when they can't. And, and it's, it is a journey and that, and it's not an aimless journey. It is a journey towards the kingdom. It's a journey towards the glory of God. And that suffering or transition moment is part of that journey. And as a discipler, it is okay. They are, they are in that ditch, but the, but the, but the end goal of the journey is still the same. And so while they're in that ditch, when they're unable to hang on to that, 
ultimate purpose of the glory of God. I'm going to hold on to that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to sit here right in the ditch, hanging on to hope and belief in them and for them. And then we're going to journey out of this together. I, I'd like to um, go back way at the beginning here. And, and when you quoted the book, I, I think in another important thing that we haven't talked about is that the qualification for you to make disciples, if there's such a thing, it is suffering. And how, you know, in this day and age, it's, oh, I, I, I need to be certified. Oh, there's a disciple-making course I can go through or a disciple-making book I can read, you know. and Or I don't feel, I hear this a lot, I don't feel qualified to make disciples. You know, um, I've never been discipled, so how can I make disciples? Mm-hmm. And my point is that if you have suffered, then you have been equipped by the Holy Spirit to make disciples. And that is suffering that conforms us to the image of Jesus. It is suffering that causes me to die to self, you know, in order that others can have life. You know, um, Paul Paul writes in 2 Corinthians one, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. Uh, in chapter four, he says, so then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. All this suffering is for your benefit that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. So my suffering produces life in, in, in others. And so when you have suffered, and, and all of us have our suffering stories, if we're followers of Jesus, that then um, equips you to make disciples of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, <clears throat> when I find myself listening to people, uh, for, for, for years in my mind has been scrolling this question, just almost like in the, in the background system running, like, God, what do you want to say to this person? Spirit of God, what do you want me to say to this person to encourage them? As I'm listening, that's what's scrolling through my mind, listening to them share about hardship, suffering, transition, whatever it might be. And I think that was a, an okay question, but I, I feel like that question has been re established in my mind of rather God, what do you want me to say? But this idea of God, where are you at work? And so when I'm listening, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm just scrolling through my mind. God, where are you at work? Where are you at work? And how can I join you there? And I think the the sufferings and transitions are just portals to see into God's work and will in these people's lives. And that we love well by entering into those things. Um, guys, we're going to wrap this up here pretty soon. Any, any last thoughts on, on this defining moments, um, the use of suffering and transition and, and making disciples, uh, discerning God at work and defining moments. Well, and there's a positive side to this too. I'm also looking for those transitions. Those are huge deals. Also celebrations, you know, if they're, uh, graduating from college if they've you know got a new job or have a new child or get married or whatever again our lives are being meshed together Mm -hmm. um uh and you know it's not necessarily suffering 
but it's definitely times of transition, times that God is is really speaking into their life. And there's not, again, there's not a lot of those. And so I need to, um, like one of our guys graduated from college a couple of years ago, and uh, we made a big deal out of it. You know, <laughs> why is to say to him, I love you belong to us. And I think that's probably another p- aspect of this is it's a chart of belonging of how our lives are meshed and how you are meshed to all of us. And in a time of celebration, yeah, you know, accomplishment, we were there, we belong to you. We're going to make the sacrifices to make this a great celebration for you. Yeah, and understanding if it's if it's a big, I think Louis, you do this so well. If it's a big deal to my friend, then it's a big deal to me. Yeah, and and not necessarily waiting for an invitation into that big deal, but but celebrating it, championing it, engaging mm-hmm. with it because it's important to that person. Which again is why prayer is such an important part of this process. Because as I'm praying for my disciple, two things are happening. I am unleashing the powers and storehouses of the heavenly realms. As I am, as I am interceding on their behalf. But secondly, it's making me more mindful of that person. Louis, I think one of the reasons why you're so good at loving people is because you're so good at praying for people. And as you're praying for them, you're mindful of what's going on in their lives. And as you're mindful, you are entering in. You are advocating. You are mm-hmm. engaging. You're inserting yourself into those those things. And that's where I feel so loved is when I feel like someone's coming along aside and saying, "I am with you," not just with their words, but with their actions. Well, gentlemen, should we land this plane? Last time, last last time I tried to touch the wheels down, Louis Louis took us back up to thirty five thousand feet uh, last episode. So, uh, um, so this so this is going to wrap up our imitating Jesus book club. Um, thank you all for for listening in. Um, we do hope to have the uh, a live Q and A coming up soon. So keep your ears and eyes peeled for that. Can you peel your ears? I don't know. But how do you even peel your eyes? I don't understand that either. Anyway, look for information on that. We'd love to have you join us. Um, Doug and Louie, love you guys. It's a pleasure to too. do these things and to walk with you. And um, thank you all for listening. If you have more curiosities and want to uh, avail yourself to some of the resources of Icon Ministries, please go over to our website, iconministries.org. Connect with us there. Uh, we are a faith-based ministry relying on the gifts of God's people. And if you'd like to give towards the support of our ministry, you can click on the donate button at our website, iconministries.org. Peace.